Listen, you wee bastards. Life's too short to be messing around. You need to live your life. Enjoy your time here on planet Earth. Yeah, what's up, everybody? <laughs> That's my new favorite thing in the world. I think, um, is there is there an easy way to send people to that thing? Uh, a link to a YouTube video in the show notes. In yeah, the description that would, that of this. Would do her. Okay. That would do her. So I, I think from now on, I'm closing every show with that. And I want to open every show with... Hey, morning, boys. This is Bear. <laughs> hey, what up, Bear? Just forever. Um, Who needs a British lady? We, nah, got, I mean, we got Bear. We got Bear. That's real. <laughs> Who mm. needs a British lady? We got Bear. What's happening, dude? What up, man? Any uh, parts of your house fall off or anything this week? No, but my car is fucked. <laughs> Are you serious? Bro, no joke. Two nights ago, I get into my car after a long day of work, turn my car on, and none of the dials on my dash work. Those are kind of important, aren't they? Bro, I've been driving like that for like three days. Just in the dark? Uh, Well, no, like all of mine are still physical. They're not like, like my car's not new mm. enough for them to be digital representations mm. of things. So I have like dashboard lights mm -hmm. and I have headlights and rear lights. So I'm okay there, but I don't know how fast I'm driving. <laughs> I don't know how many RPMs my car is at. If it feels right, it's right. You and know? I don't know how much gas is in my car. <laughs> so now I'm like, now I'm putting gas in my car. Like every, every couple blocks, every other day, basically, <laughs> even though I drive like maybe 10 miles a day, Dude. just cause I'm like, you know. You're going to catch a break one of these days. Do you think? Nah. I don't either. Nah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this, it's like, uh, it's like that David after dentist kid where he's like, remember that, that old viral video, the oh, little fucking after kid dentist. Yeah. I thought you said Dennis mm. and I was like, Dennis, son of David, David, the menace, <laughs> Dave. the, sh the David, the menace, a less shittier kid. No, where he's like, he's like, is this real life? Is this forever? You know, it's, he's like, he's mentally adjusting to the concept mm -hmm. that how high he is post-dentist right. could potentially be his new normal. It's like the first time that you get way too high. You're like, oh, well, I guess this is life now. Maybe was, I'm uh, just, uh, yeah. I live here now. This, this is my life. <laughs> this is uncomfortable and always. It's probably permanent. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's always. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I'm trying to think about it because maybe I do catch a break and then I'm going to be like, holy shit. Hey, and I'm going to be fucking psyched about it. Uh, but the chances of that happening anytime soon, I'm just not something I'm going to count on. Whoa, so. I'm nervous. Yeah. Nervous yeah. for you, bro. But anyway, I hope you, I hope you pull through. Thanks. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I think by pull through, I think that means I'm going to have to, uh, maybe drive my car into a river. Uh, no, that would be the opposite of pulling through. That would be you dying. Well, in I'm a river. not going to be in it. I'm going to tuck and roll mm. as it hits the cliff. Big Lebowski style. Yeah. You ever seen it? Yeah, of course. Okay. I love that movie. Um, I, I added a few new sounds. Um, do you want to Do you want to have them formally introduced or do you want to just be surprised later on? I, how about this? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to thank our listeners for our 100th episode party. Oh, right. This and, is, this is technically our 100th episode, right? Or officially our 100th officially episode officially our 100th episode we had a 100th episode party and you are currently listening to the 100th episode of the what if podcast Fuck with us. hey there it is we made it we made it player we made it it's good to see you bud 100 looks good on you oh thanks yeah we all just fuck um yeah i don't think either of us thought we'd be here two years ago <laughs> Like alive? Uh, not like here keep, at all. You keep steering the episode in a dark direction. No, bro. I did. I, I mean, two years ago, I don't think we knew that we were going to do a hundred oh, consecutive right, episodes right. and have thousands of listeners from all over the world. Yeah, I thought there would be fewer episodes and it would be sadder and we'd give up. Honestly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No. I like. I. I think it was like. A, yeah, we're going to give this a shot and see what happens. And then uh -huh. it turns out you motherfuckers are hanging out with us every week. Hey. Uh, What's up with y'all? <laughs> yeah, there it is. I updated some of our uh, Brother Nature sounders today. Get at us, Brother Nature. We want you on the show. Um, but yeah, seriously, thank you to everybody who came out to Ice House for our 100th episode show. That was super fun. There were, uh, there were people there from Illinois and Iowa and North Dakota. All y'all motherfuckies drove uh, hella hours to come see us. By the way, the North Dakota table... I was going to try to give you guys some swag. Wait, what? There was a North Dakota table? There was a table of five people from North Dakota there. God damn. I know. And we gave swag to the people who were there from Illinois because we were like, holy shit, you drove further. And then I was going to give swag to the North Dakota people too. Mm. But then they, uh, then we got distracted and then they left before we could give away swag at the end of the night when we were doing Q&A. 
So if you're that North Dakota table, y'all drove super far. Send us an email at highofwhatifpodcast.com and I'm going to send you guys something for Cute. being cool as shit for Cute. going far as fuck. Uh, speaking of that episode, uh, well, that party in that episode, mm-hmm. um, we're not going to put it on the normal feed because live shows are inherently a little different. Yeah. Uh, the audio, uh, they're really fun to do and it seemed like everybody had a really good time, but the audio is just not always super it's f- great. It's fine, but yeah. it's not the same as being in a studio and the vibe is always different because you're talking to a crowd and not you guys right. in, in your earbuds right so we uh we decided to put that out on the patreon for free so if you go to patreon.com slash what if podcast uh that's where we do an extra episode of the show every week uh for just five bucks a month and sometimes we make those things uh freely available to everybody and so we decided that would be a good home for the audio for that show. So if you want to hear what the 100th episode party sounded like, we had Lydia Liza there, we had Sims there, uh, we had uh, Claire de Lune DJing, and uh, we drank gin and beer on stage and talked about a whole bunch of weird shit. Mm -hmm. Also, um, I'm at least really into the idea of doing more live shows. Uh Uh-huh. And if you were one of the people that wanted to make it to our show but couldn't because you live far away or had stuff going on. You should tell us about that. Yeah, we would be interested in uh, seeing what cities you guys might come see us in and if you have leads on where we could do such things and all that fun stuff. Yeah, for sure. Send us an email because we're down to try and set some more of those up. For sure. And um, yeah, and anybody who's like out there who's like hell yeah i'd come see you if you were in my town like that's good for us to know too because uh yeah exactly because we don't always i mean we have we have data but we don't know where all you guys are and uh if we get a critical mass from a certain location we'll be like well fuck it we're We're going to yeah going to birmingham or whatever uh yeah that's a place i've never been that'd be great i would totally go i'm just saying i don't think the vast majority of our listeners are in birmingham well you know how we're gonna find out (laughs) if 612-246-4614. Oh, Ryan, you know uh, what? We got some wild voicemails. I, speaking of I also, our phone number, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I feel also, like we should play at least a couple of them. I think you're absolutely correct. I had uh, I had that on my list of things to cover today. Okay, great. Before we dive what into... Up, sorry. <laughs> the topic of today's show. We're going to bury the lead. I'm going to tell a long story about the episode today. Awesome. Hey, long time listener. I started listening back when you had 411 on. I got a crazy story for you. Okay. Uh, my family, we got the deep bloodline. It goes back really far. My uncle was in the Vatican for 30-some years. I think he said neat. A neat bloodline. As in, like, his, interesting. And his uncle was in the Vatican for 36 years? Correct. Do you have to... Sorry. Uh, do you have to be a a Vatican-blooded person to a live Vatican in the Vatican? Vatican-blooded person. Um, <laughs> no. Mm. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> hey guys, I, I it's know. been a hundred episodes yeah, and we're we still, still don't know asking shit. stupid yeah. questions. Um, uh, I have no idea. Okay, I just didn't understand the connection between the Vatican and the bloodline thing, but yeah, whatever. We're, we're going to get there. He's, is this going to be his uncle and, Jesus? Uh, he wanted me to go to some initiation program with him. Excuse me? How Jesus me to Mexico. Excuse me? He didn't tell me where I was going. But, wait, it sounds like he did though. <laughs> It sounds like he told you exactly well, where. Maybe he's saying, in retrospect, I was in Chichen Itza, Mexico. Mm. Fair point. I was going to meet, but he said I was going to meet people that I would know the rest of my life. And he was always involved in, I don't know if he was Jezebel, I don't know what he was, but he was involved in some deep shit. And Did he say Jezebel? I remember that the day I was supposed to leave to go fly to Mexico with him and go have some initiation program. My friend had a suicide attempt and I canceled on him. And he showed up at the house and he was furious. He looked like uh, Senator Palpatine from Star Wars. That's what he looked like, talked like him, and he flipped out. He cursed me. He said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm fucking up big time that this will never happen again and I saw his eyes turn jet black and then my dad came in the room to get in between us and he started arguing with him and it looked like a shimmer behind him it looked like a reptilian was standing behind him just in case anybody didn't catch that it said it looked like a reptilian was standing behind him his eyes turned jet black and then a shimmery reptile was behind his uncle Correct. And my dad saw it. 
I saw it. No one else saw it. We kind of got all spooked out. We didn't know what the fuck we just saw. It just looked like something from um, Dreamcatcher, like aliens just standing behind them. And he kept cursing me out, saying that I'm going to regret this, that I was going to meet people that I could never, ever meet again now. And we uh, eventually got rid of him, threw him out of the house, and he went back to Mexico, and uh, we never heard from him since. And that's one of my crazy stories. I will be calling you guys up. I got a bunch more crazy stories. I was in the Navy, and I saw a bunch of weird shit when I was out there in Afghanistan. And uh, I reported it, but I'll save that for another phone call. Keep doing your thing, guys. Love your show. Did he what? say, and I recorded it? Was that the... <laughs> Hang up the phone, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> He's... Dial zero for the operator. <laughs> Boop. Uh, what, Mike? Mike is his name? Correct. Thanks for calling, Mike. Uh, that's a fucking wild story. Yes, I do believe he ended that with, I saw a bunch of wild shit out in Afghanistan and I recorded it, I think was the sentence, yes. He called us back a couple minutes later. Oh, okay. Do you want to listen to whatever the rest of he had uh, to say? As long as we have room for that one voicemail we got, that's very, very short. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. The five-second one? Yep. Yeah, we'll play that. Okay, great. Hey, guys, this is Michael again. I just left a message about my uncle in the Vatican. Did? Uh, just listening to your new podcast about that New Mexico incident. Eh. I got a little light to share on that. Do you not, do you not want to get into that? Well, guys, what had happened was... Yeah. I don't know. We can... here. Here's the deal. The, the official explanation for it is a huge total bummer and we're really glad we put that episode out before that happened because otherwise we never would have done the episode in the first place um i still think there's some interesting things about the story that aren't explained by the official explanation but i also just don't really want to necessarily play in that world fair enough uh all that much so we did have a couple people who had some really interesting takes including a listener who lives by the observatory but well, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm consigned to let that story fade into the interwebs. Cool. Um, so we got a bunch of voicemails about that, so we'll skip those. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, we've got a UFO Bigfoot story. You want to hear that one? I mean, okay. <laughs> sounds... Hey, Spencer and Ryan. This is Bradley from Oregon. Hi, Bradley. I'm uh, going to be in your state. I to call and say that uh, I really do enjoy listening to your guys' show and uh anyway i i listen to you guys at work all the time so it gets right. me through the shift but, oh, hell uh, yeah. anyway i just um one of the reasons why i called is i wanted to share a little story um but anyway i i got this friend and his mom is a bit of a conspiracy theorist and Anyway, so I spent enough time over there to kind of see what she does and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, Bigfoot, UFOs, all that kind of stuff. And uh, anyway, she claims to have seen a bunch of UFOs outside of her house. And uh, how many constitute a bunch? That is an indeterminate but sizable number, I would say. Yeah. Anyway, so whenever she sees one, she'll always drag us out there. And um, I, I will say that I'm not necessarily a believer in UFOs, but I've seen this one thing in particular that I can't necessarily explain. Um, it it looks like a like an orange orb of light over high five. And um anyway it just it just floats around like one of those um like the like those Chinese lanterns, you know, with the little candle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, anyway, it just looks like it floats around, but what really, what really makes it odd is, um, it, it always happens around 10 o'clock at night. Punctual aliens. And it always... <laughs> Got places to be. It, it looks like it's, it looks like somebody's welding. Like, there's the main orange spot, and then it looks like there's little drops of slag coming off of it and just flying through the air, dropping all these smaller yellow orbs. And 
Any orbs. Uh, Any orbs. Yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, I'm not a real big believer in UFOs, but um, sure as hell is one if I've ever seen one. But uh, anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you guys, and I really enjoy your podcast, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Good day. Thanks, Bradley. <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah. Sign, um, uh, good yeah. day. He's like, yeah, mm, have a good day. Fuck you guys. <laughs> um, fucking thanks, Bradley from Oregon. I'm gonna be in your backyard tomorrow. Hey, me too. Well, not quite tomorrow. You're gonna be there in three days. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, I'm pretty sure that constitutes a UFO. You've seen one, my friend. If you don't know yeah. what it is, and it's in the sky. Yes, it's the definition of the of the uh, acronym. Ryan, you mentioned our travels. Did we are going to be at Portland in Portlandish, but at an undisclosed location, so don't hang out with us. But <laughs> unofficial what if podcast meetup at the Clippers Wolves preseason game at Staples Center October third. I'll drink a beer with anybody that goes to the Clippers and Wolves game <laughs> on October third. All right. Go mm-hmm. go hang out with Spencer, guys. I won't be there, so he's he's calling all uh, Los Angelites, Los Angelians. Also, don't hurt me, please. Be nice, Californians. Uh, you're gonna have to dig through a, a big bucket of people to find you. Yeah, it's the Clippers and Wolves preseason. Can't be that many. Yeah, but like staples, 30, 40. You know, 30, 40 people total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds real. Um, uh, is this? The, I think I found the one that you wanted to for sure. Yeah, play. we'll do one more voicemail, and then we're diving into. Our fufu. It's short dog, baby. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Five second voicemail. It sounds a little bit like Rob. At the beginning, it did, but not at the it's end. It's short dog, baby. <laughs> who, who's the dude who lives leaves us all the fake Southern accent voicemails? Cam. Cam. Could be Cam. It's short dog, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it might be because Cam was the one that asked is he, about. Uh, is he the one who asked if we like too short? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. That's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, sounds about right to me. All um, right. The rest of I think the rest of our voicemails are all about the observatory stuff. So yeah, we'll skip those because we'll they're not ride. probably relevant anymore. Um, th- thanks to everybody for both using and abusing our voicemail for just screaming short dog as well as telling that's us like, exactly. One person called up th- and just yelled short dog, baby. And yes. somebody else told us about the time that their uncle turned into an alien reptile. Yes. I'm saying thank you for it's using perfect. it and abusing it in, in all the ways that you guys do. No, there's no abuse. That thing. is the, the exact intended purpose of that, of that phone number. Using it the way it's supposed to be yes. used. Yes. Um, all right. Well, shit. Should we, uh, should we dive in? Hell yeah. Yeah. Weird things are happening. I think it's fine. Do you think it's fine? Uh, uh, oh, do I maybe have... Are you auto-tuned right I now? I think we might be accidentally tracking with auto-tune. Let me... Uh, uh, wait, am I too? No, no, no. And and it's not being tracked if it is on there. But so, Ryan Ryan might be listening to me in our headphones with auto-tune on my microphone. Wait, 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 wait. What are the chances that you on auto-tune is being recorded into the stream right now? Uh, zero. Ah, oh, damn it. I know. <laughs> Because I was like, we're this far, man. We're going all the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it off because it's annoying the shit out of me. Um, This is the first time I noticed it, but... Uh, all right, it's gone. It is gone. Damn. Sorry. Well, we could put it on both mics just for our own entertainment the rest of the way. We would never pay attention to anything. I would just break into T-Pain songs <laughs> like in the middle of the episode. We all should right. do one episode where we track it in that way, and we should do a whole like 30-minute episode where it's just, just you and me musical? talking to each other. <laughs> Our podcast turned into a musical. <laughs> yeah, we just do ten second covers of all our favorite songs. That sounds awful for everyone listening and fun for us. Well, we'll put it on the Patreon. <laughs> um, we transition today to our topic. Uh, our topic of discussion: the Foo Fighters, and not the band, the Foo Fighters. Mm, great band, though. The great band. Uh. The 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 true the original the OG Foo Fighters that the Foo Fighters took their name from World War Two 
World War II. So weird shit in the skies. So what we need to do before we could actually tell you uh, what a Foo Fighter is. They're originally called fucking Foo Fighters, by the way. Uh, I learned that today. Don't worry, I'll get there. Okay, cool. It's so great. That was new information to me, and I enjoyed it. The another one. Uh, the sentence we will get to eventually is, "It's another one of those fucking Foo Fighters," which is just a just a fantastic. I thing. think they should have gone with that for the band name, by the way. The fucking Foo Fighters. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> Um, so before we can we can dive too deep into Foo Fighters themselves, uh, we have to well we have to talk about the 415th Squadron, uh, World War II era. You're right, Spencer. And in fact, uh, we got to rewind all the way to uh, 1943, where the P61 was uh, what composed of the entirety of the 415th Night Fighter Squadron. And that's only relevant for one Saying reason. so many words I don't understand right now. P-61 is the name of an airplane. It's a type of airplane. Okay. It was being used in World War II towards the middle slash end of the war. And they, the 415th Night Fighter Squadron was made up entirely of P-61s. Okay. All right. P-61s are important for one specific reason. Flying at night was not a super common thing that was done back in the early, like, well, earlier half of the century. Before lights were invented? Before lights were invented. <laughs> we're not that far back. <laughs> you just, you couldn't have candles on your plane because they would blow out. Uh, oh, right. But yeah. you mean before having lights on the plane? Right, yeah, they they tried putting candles like along the wings, but it, it just once you got over like three whoosh, miles an hour, yeah, it didn't work. Whoosh. Um, no, but but more than anything, it was um, there was not enough electrical light everywhere to have enough visual signposts on very dark nights mm. to help planes actually navigate how far they had gone successfully. It also was because uh, in the war you have U.S. pilots flying over the French-German border which is a place that they've, especially for the new squadrons, when they land, they've never seen before. So they have no actual like context for what they're seeing when it's dark out. Okay. That's why the 415th is important, because they were trained to be night flyers in foreign locations. And part of what made them good at what they did was that their planes, the P-61, were painted glossy all black, completely dark, so that they could get basically undetected in the skies. They had all of their internal lights off inside and no external lights on the airplanes, which allowed them to see any light around them in a better fashion so that they could navigate better. Does that make okay. sense? So there's yeah. no like light spoilage in their eyes. Right. Your as eyes they're adjust to total darkness. Right. Okay. They had to, I actually found it was fascinating. Uh, they had to close one eye when they shot their guns and turn their head to the side a little bit so that the muzzle flash would protect or the closing of their eyes would protect their one eye from muzzle flash. Closing your eyes before you shoot a gun seems like a bad policy. Yeah, but you're in the sky, right? So, like, you're only going to hit, you know. In the sky, anything goes. Just fucking light her up, bud. I'm just saying, like, you're not going to hit a pedestrian or a or a, sta a bystander. Well, you're going to hit. Those bullets don't just stay in the sky forever. Well, they fall. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would hurt your head for sure. <laughs> would it kill you if someone just dropped a bullet out of the sky from the Bro. level of an airplane? Does that kill people? In a hundred episodes, that is by far the dumbest question we've asked. Is that yes? Yes, of course. Well, I don't know. I mean, anything from that height would a fucking penny from that height would fuck you up. Yeah, it's true. Wind resistance, though, no. Yeah. All right. A bullet falling from the sky directly into your head would kill you. I guess yes. airplanes are big. As much too. as getting shot in the head would kill you. I wonder what that speed is when it hits the ground. When it hits the ground. And then, What's terminal velocity for a bullet? Twelve dropped from. 10,000 feet. Why are you being so lazy, my boy? <laughs> Come on, man. That's good. Dude, that's new one drops. Of, that's one of my new favorites. New I, drops. It's just, it's... We're going to do that every time we don't know the answer to Why anything. Why are you being yet. so lazy, my boy? Yeah. Come on, man. That's good. It's just disappointed. It's just disappointed. All right, so we have these blacked out planes being flown by dudes with their eyes closed. Yep, pretty much. Trying not to land in Germany. Trying to well, or trying to land in Germany. Trying to uh, navigate the French-German border, okay, and keep it safe. Which means uh, they got to look for airplanes. They got to determine whose they are. Make radio contact if they're friendly. 
Or if they find that they're German, they engage them in night fights, which sounds absolutely fucking terrifying. Did you say night or knife? Night fights. Okay. <laughs> Area- I'm going on the wing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, airplane knife fight got you? I was just... <laughs> I was imagining in my head, I was imagining uh, the scene from West Side Story where they duct tape their, or like tie their arms together. You <laughs> just got to tape your planes together. <laughs> and, then, and, then the, and then a German dude and an American dude jump onto their, their plane wings and they're like, on guard, motherfucker! <laughs> and just, just knife duel to the death. Dad, blame it, boy. Yeah, that would be pretty fucking intense. Um, no, not, yeah, night fights. They're shooting at each other at night. Got also it. doing bombing runs along uh, German-protected uh, ex- exits and entrances into the country, things like that. Um, so that's what's important to know about the 415th Squadron, and that's because the 415th was one of the primary people to view and identify Foo Fighters for the first time. Mm. So Lieutenant Fred Ringwald is in a uh, P-61 with Lieutenant Ed Schluter and Lieutenant Donald Meyer. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what happened? Oh, sweet. <laughs> Fantastic. I feel like you're like my new hype man with all these new, uh, these new sounders. Just trying to, them out, trying to, to see contribute. where they, where they fit in. You yep, know? For sure. Um, so this is a year after the P-61s were introduced to World War II in 1943. This is November of 1944. Uh, it's night because that's what they did. They did runs every single night and multiple squads at a time. And uh, off the wing of the plane, Lieutenant Fred Ringwald comments to his uh, co-pilots, I wonder what those lights are over there in the hills. They're dry, uh, driving, ha, flying along the Rhine Valley uh, when he says this. And according to the pilots who were interviewed after the fact, they saw eight to ten lights in a row that they referred to as uh, like, well, there are different descriptions. Some say they're cigar shaped with a circular orange light at the end of it. Some did not report seeing a cigar shape at all, just seeing a circular orb light, orange light. Sometimes it's also said that to be white or yellow, but circular okay. bright light in a grouping off of the wing of their airplane. Okay. It's, I think, worth noting that uh, UFOs are not, a common pop culture thing in the way that they were post Roswell. The timing of all of this point. is really interesting. Yeah. And so, we can maybe get into that later, but 42, oh yeah. 42 oh yeah. is pre like any of the UFO stories that are now in the lore of, of UFOs and aliens and all that shit. That right. was really didn't start until like 46, 47. Yeah. And this is, this is 44 because it's a couple years into the war, but um, but there are reports of these being spotted kind of circling the 44 time period in general yeah, and going into later. Um, so they are, like I said, eight to 10 of them in a row off of the right wing and they check in with radar and say, uh, guys, what we see in, because it's part of their job to literally find enemy, enemy, planes yeah. and go after him stab the shit out of him <laughs> go st- go tie that wing together and make shit happen um but there's nothing on radar so thinking that this is some sort of either like a posse of german airplanes or some sort of a weapon of some kind or a bomb or something like that um, they turned the plane in a full rotation to go after it. Now these weren't like fighter jets. They had three people on them. They're a little bit bigger than a normal fighter jet. So it's not like a, you know, not going fucking Mach five and like busting to the right. And they're there in two seconds kind of thing. Yeah. But by the time they get to, uh, where they think the lights were, um, the lights were gone. Hmm. So it was and enough. For was th- there any sound associated with it? Not that they reported. Okay. Although maybe. I, I don't know if that would have been audible over the sound of your own plane and 
I wonder that Whatever. too. In my investigation of this, I read something about the night flyers sometimes actually coming up behind planes and getting so close to them that they could visually spot that they were in fact German. And mm. then that's when they would attack because based on rules of engagement, they had to know that they were enemy German fighters to actually make a attack on them. So they yeah. had to actually identify them as German through a flag or whatever. Um, but I was like, damn, how close do you have to be in the sky at night with no light to be able right. to actually identify a German flag on these airplanes and then attack them? I was like, wouldn't you hear that or wouldn't you see that? But maybe you wouldn't see it, but maybe you also wouldn't hear it because like you said, can you over hear the, a plane over the your plane? of your own, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, there are many other similar reports of unidentified lights being close to or flying in formation with or being visible from planes. Yes. And then either disappearing or... Um, moving off in a seemingly un impossible direction or whatever. Yeah, there was... Um, All of your typical UFO stuff. Yes, uh, yes and no. I mean, uh, I think yes. I don't want to like... I don't want to totally write it off as typical, typical stuff, mostly because at the time there was no typical for these guys. No, I'm saying what has now become typical of UFO yes. reports in terms of like, we couldn't catch up to it or it shot straight up yeah. or it made a, a right angle turn at 500 miles an hour. Yes. You know. Some of them said that they would be followed for what felt like hundreds of miles, uh, often in a pattern that felt like they were almost magnetically connected as in they would turn to move and the lights would follow them. Mm -hmm. Um, the, some of the 415th pilots, uh, talked about how they were quote scared shitless of them. Which I I have to imagine if your pure profession is getting up into a three-man airplane in the pitch black. One of the guys said that if it was a moonless night, they hated it because they wanted it to be pitch black up there. Wait, what? The 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 four fifteenth pilots? They preferred a moonless when it was, night would mean that it is darker. Right. And I'm, I'm saying they preferred it to be even darker, which to me is even scarier. Oh, you said if it was a moonless light night, they hated it, but you meant the opposite. Oh, sorry. If it was a full moon, they hated it. Yes, Got yes, it. yes. My bad. Um, so these guys, like for a fucking job, get into military airplanes, knowing they're potentially going to engage in fucking airplane knife fights in the pitch black. And these fucking lights off of the plane are the things that are scaring them shitless. I well, mean, I, yeah. I get that it's like intimidating, but also what what scares you at all at that point if you're those fucking guys? Well, it's the whole thing of like, not only can you not identify what it is, but it appears to be vastly superior to you. Yes. Like right. it can, it can track something in a way that you can't. It's it uh, more agile. Hour, it's faster. Yep. It's, uh, it doesn't show up on radar, all right. that stuff. So like that, and yet you, you're seeing it physically right in front of you or right next to you. Right. So as a, if you're assuming it is like a, a military related something, if it's, uh, something that the Germans have, have cooked up or whatever, like that would be scar much scarier than seeing another plane. Cause you know, you have training around what to do with that. You're prepared for that. Right. And you know that it's a relatively level playing field. Right. A weird orb that you can't get rid of is, yeah, for sure scarier. For sure. There are um, there are some pretty interesting uh, photos available. If you just Google Foo Fighter lights or Foo Fighter photographs, uh, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work. Foo Fighter Foo photographs will not get you Foo there. Foo Fighter that will get you UFO Dave photographs I think will do it. Um, do you really Google photographs rather than hitting the images tab? Uh... In this week's episode of Ryan Google shit, well, what did you just type in? I typed Foo Fighter UFO photographs. Okay. And success? Yes. Failure? Success. Okay. Um, there are many, and they point to a lot of, well, usually these have been taken from like adjacent planes in a formation. Mm -hmm. So you can see a lot of planes in them, but then there are these strange sort of like blobs of white light well, it looks white. I mean, the photos are black and white, but you can definitely like get a vibe for what they're talking about. So I want to go back to the, the timing of this stuff for a minute. 
tight. Because you, you said this was happening in 40, you said 44 or 46? Sorry, uh, what year? It's the, the first documented Foo Fighter sighting was in November of 1944. Okay. They continued through the end of the war. And Which is September of 45, correct? Uh, I have it here. I think that's right. Go it ahead. was 39 to 45. September uh, 2nd of 1945, yeah. yes. So in 47, you have Roswell. July of 47. Correct. In June of 47, you have, um, uh, what was the dude? Kenneth Arnold, the Mount Shasta, or not, not Mount Shasta, Mount Rainier uh, sighting that yep. coined the whole flying saucers term. Yep. Two weeks later, you have Roswell. Uh, June of 47 was also the, the Maury Island sighting. That's the, the Puget Sound, yep. a UFO killed my dog yep. one. Yep. And in 40, uh, what was it? The Battle of Los Angeles was somewhere right in there too. You know that story? Yep. That was uh, 40, okay, 42. Battle of Los Angeles was 42? It was 42. That okay. was the one where there was a UFO over LA and the military engaged it for hours and shot. spent like a million rounds trying to shoot a thing out of the sky. And there's that one really spooky photograph of all the searchlights on a UFO yep. over LA. Yep. Uh. And then there was the the green fireball stuff. You ever heard that? I don't know if I know that one. There were, quote, green fireballs that showed up like over and around and near a lot of U.S. military bases in the 40s. Mm, maybe we need to do another episode on that. that and shit. none of them ever like did anything or engaged with anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nor were they engaged with by the military. But they actually investigate and to try and figure out, like, is this some sort of, I guess, early drone or some sort of foreign hostile thing because of, you know, where it happened to be showing up. Right. And eventually determined that it was probably some sort of natural phenomena that they didn't understand, like along the lines of uh, a ball lightning or St. Elmo's fire or something like that. Yeah, the... Just to write off like a handful of things for explanations before we get where you're going, there was St. Elmo's Fire, which is basically like an electromagnetic ball that is formed in a thunderstorm that people, it's far more complicated than that, the actual science behind it, but I'm not going to Electrical charge that that. glows? Yep. For for short? Okay. Um, Some people tried to write off the Foo Fighter sightings as combat fatigue, some sort of shared delusion from a group of guys. Sleep deprivation, hallucinations yeah, or something. one guy goes, I think I saw it. Another guy goes, I think I saw it too. And then all of a sudden they're all starting to see him because they all think they're seeing him. Um, that was also written off because no one felt like there was any psychosis going on with the guys. They were otherwise completely normal. We're not. That would be a big problem for your for your pilots. To be com- to fatigue to the point of delusion, mm-hmm. yeah, that would. Um, You'd want to get those guys out of there, probably, especially if you had multiple squads. Which for the four fifteenth and for some others in the area, um, it it was. Um, so written off is probably not super likely. Uh, Saint Elmo's fire probably wouldn't have happened that frequently. It's a super rare phenomenon. It is documented, but it's super rare. Well, and that would have had to be. I don't obviously really understand how it works, but wouldn't it be like a charge? on the like the plane itself so Um, you'd be like looking out and seeing that on the wing right it's not just going to happen out in the air and then somehow follow you right i I have uh, my understanding of it is that it has to be within some proximity to like a physical item but i don't understand how that works okay you would think you would know notice though if something was like uh, literally attached to your wing rather than in the distance or trailing you or following you yep for sure uh most of the descriptions don't seem to match that. Right. And then the last um, the last one that seemed potentially uh, like it could explain it to some extent was the concept of um, Japanese fire balloons, which was, huh? it was a technique that they used in the war where they floated, um, they floated like helium filled balloons with incendiary devices attached to them okay. with the hopes that if they would either intentionally put a slow leak in them when they released them or just knowing over time that if they lift it up with this much helium and float it in that direction, it's eventually going to crash, and when it does, it's going to blow up or be on fire. So they're like sky mines? Yeah, that's one way to put it. So they either... That you can't control the location of? 
Well, you use weather patterns to hope that they go in the direction you want them to go in. You can very loosely estimate the direction of? I mean, if you're fighting another country and like the wind's right that day, you know, send... Fuck everything to the west. Send send everything up and pray for the best. Ugh. Okay. Uh, um, but thinking that essentially, you know, kind of going back to some of the weather balloon stuff, like you've but, got maybe 10 or 15 of these up in the sky and that light reflecting off of it would be potentially enough to illuminate it, but... Did any of them ever explode? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> and also they weren't like, they weren't lit on fire and then sent up. They were things that could start on fire, but the chances that 10 of them would start on fire in the sky at the same time is well, just not really. I, I think the idea of light reflecting off of something and appearing to be like creating light rather than reflecting it seems possible, especially in, sure. you know, if you're in remote areas in the forties at night, with little or no moonlight, it's going to be completely black. Any light is going to appear pretty bl- pretty bright. Sure. Even if it's, if it's reflecting, I don't know. I don't know what it would be reflecting, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Exploding boom. Boom. boom bomb boom, balloons. Boom. Boom. Boom balloons. Boom, exploding boom booms. Boom balloon. Um, I want a boom balloon for my birthday. <laughs> I, I think we can probably write that off. Yeah, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's because, combat fatigue, and I really don't think it's St. Elmo's Fire either. Because most of these were not seen anywhere near Japan, correct? Um, also? I, I, well, I think it was the idea of incendiary balloons in general. Japan, like, was not- notably used them, but they're saying that it's distinctly possible that it was have. a shared technique. Hmm. Well, along those lines, weren't the Germans working on a bunch of crazy, like technologically advanced weaponry. Oh, you mean that was very secretive. Oh, you mean Werner von Braun? Well, that guy, but I mean like of the more secretive and like, uh, horrific angle than like the dude who was actually building rockets and stuff. Uh, is it, we'll say more about that. Like the, uh, there are all those, I don't know. I haven't dug into it too much, but like the, um, the whole like Wunderwaffe, thing of like they were working on some sort of super secret weapon and or weapons um to like combat the u.s developing nukes i mean yeah like and the whole idea of like the the weird nazi bell thing i do not know the nazi bell oh really that's a that's an ancient aliens classic hey they built it well hmm, allegedly built a thing that no one really knows the purpose of, and it was shaped like a bell. People thought it was maybe some sort of weapon, but maybe also a time machine. And it looks a little bit oh. like a UFO. Oh, yeah. It's uh, anyway. Okay. Bigger, bigger question. It seems possible that the Germans or other countries could have been developing some sort of secret weapon that may have been able to track and or pace airplanes yeah yeah absolutely the reason that i brought up uh werner von braun is because some people posit that so von braun is most notable for the v2 rocket mm-hmm. um which well the v2 rocket was something that germany was developing throughout the course of the war that was a rocket that was used to fly missiles and potentially launch things and they were testing them and developing them during World War II. It was a, it was like a, it was like a long-range ballistic missile that was faster and further than most were had been capable of at that point. And so there were some speculations that if they were sending up a bunch of ballistic missiles, is it possible that a cigar-shaped thing with a fiery end? was sounds like a rocket the germans testing one or many or multiple ballistic missiles at a time and so you would see a pattern of orange lights because they're shooting them off one at a time up into the sky to actually test the missiles but it doesn't explain the tracking behavior it doesn't exactly explain the hard turns or unless they were also testing the guidance capabilities of them Absolutely. And they were much more advanced than we thought. Absolutely. Also, the V2 is only what we know about because it's what's actually been documented and came out after the fact of the war. So what we don't know, mm. well, not the only thing we know about, but I'm saying like. No, I, I, my hmm was, I think it was earlier, wasn't it? Wasn't it like 44? 
that the V2 was actually like made in in service, so to speak. Yes. Okay. But I'm saying like we as the US were not aware that they had this thing that was the V2 and it was doing this thing. Sure. I'm just saying the, the, that the, the timing could potentially work out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the timing to your point gets messier because Von Braun was part of Operation Paperclip. Post-war. Post-war. Yeah. Which we know for a fact that he was then recruited, well, not recruited, I mean, we gathered up a certain set of scientists and engineers and physicists in Operation Paperclip and brought them to the United States and said, now you work for us and we get your brain. And Von Braun's V-2 rocket was part of what put us on the moon because the V-2 rockets turned into the Apollo mission and he was lauded as like an American hero for converting to our side and, and using his rocket knowledge. You got a good plea deal to put us on the moon. We won't right. charge you with war crimes. If you put us on the moon, if you put us on the moon and, and really legitimately like that's well-documented and exactly what happened. Like Von Braun was a, um, was a, uh, was like a TV figure. I mean, he was like seen on TV and stuff like that because he would be interviewed about the process. Yeah. So the question is, was Von Braun or the people he was working with, were they developing something that pilots in Germany in, or in German and French airspaces were seeing evidence of in the skies? Those sightings stopped when the war stopped. So right around 45. Yes and no. Because uh, I, 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 I think an interesting part of the, the, the Foo Fighter stuff, yes. But it's, oh, yes. But it's also right at the moment when... There's this huge influx of other unidentified aerial phenomena being reported that has then continued through now. Oh, absolutely. And that's sort of where I was getting was like, we lift this guy up who we know is responsible for making these rockets and we don't know what else he's responsible for contributing to in the German area. Specifically in that area, those types of sightings cease. We know he gets moved to the United States and starts working on rockets and flight projects and not two years later, a shiny disc shows up in the yeah. desert outside of New Mexico. Let me uh, add something slash maybe throw a wrench into that theory. Tight. Are you familiar with uh, ghost rockets? Um, I mean, conceptually, I understand what you're talking about. Okay, but you have not heard that term before? Uh, no. Okay. So in primarily in Sweden, can I be reincarnated as a ghost rocket? Like, if, can I? If, if do I get to yell it when I die? Like, oh, I want to come back a rocket, and then I'm just like in. Purgatory. Is that how it works? You just got to shotgun it on your way out. I think it's like dibs. Yeah, uh, give me a turtle. <laughs> yes. seem pretty chill. Yes, I'm doing. <laughs> Life it. was too fast. I want to slow down. And then you close your eyes and you literally open them again, and you're just screaming through the sky as a ghost rocket, like. Oh, I was like, that is not where turtles live, bro. You you done goofed, God. Ghost turtle, ghost turtle rocket, turtle ghost rocket. Yes. Well, add it to the list. Maybe some people only form like half baked ideas of what they want to be, and that's mm. how you get like cryptids and UFOs and stuff. Oh, sure, because you just get stuck in you the middle. You got reincarnated as like kind of a gorilla. Yeah. You got distracted at the last minute and thought about like Yao Ming, so you got too tall. Sure, sure, and, sure. And human like. That makes you know what <laughs> makes a lot of sense. You really want to be a pilot, but then you thought about like how much you like tea at the last minute, and you turn into a flying saucer. Oh shit! Yeah, it's all con- everything's connected. Everything's connected. Anyway, Sweden and other parts of Scandinavia in uh, in 1946. This happened entirely contained within the year of 1946. Okay, there were lots of reports of quote ghost rockets. Sick. Where people saw things that looked like rockets or missiles. Sometimes they would say, the report would be, I saw a rocket. Other times it would be, I saw a cylindrical object um, or a cigar-shaped object or other, you know, related shapes. Sure, sure, sure. Um, First reported over southern Sweden in May of 46. And then in June, they were reported over Finland and Denmark. And by the end of July, several hundred of these had been reported over seen over Sweden, Denmark, Finland, and Norway. Most of the reports were just from people who looked up and saw rockets. Okay. But there were a lot that were observed and then investigated by the Swedish and later the U.S. military. 
So just to clarify, everyone's going, hey, that looks like a rocket. And no one's going, yeah, that's our rocket. Okay. Yes. First thought is those are rockets. But then that's super concerning if you don't know who they belong to. Correct. Where they came from or where they're going. Hey, you dropped your rocket. (laughs) Right. Like just seeing rockets. Somebody need this rocket. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing rockets flying over you constantly is concerning. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of things that you can drop, and it's like, oh yeah, this must just be somebody else's rockets. Not one of those things. The the second part that was concerning, or maybe less concerning, depending on how you look at it, none of them were ever seen impacting anything or coming down. Okay. And no remnants of them were ever found. Uh, the only time people saw them hit the ground or like come down were when they would fly into bodies of water. Whoa. So they appeared to be guided into bodies of water. The Swedish military investigated this and actually went on some dives into bodies of water where they had seen these missiles land or crash or whatever. To be like, where you at though? Yeah, to see if they could recover it and see, okay, who's making this? Where did it come from? What is it? Mm -hmm. And they were never able to recover anything. Mm. Although in one instance found a new crater at the bottom of a lake. Sick. So they hypothesized that they were made out of something designed to dissipate or disintegrate upon impact. Detonate. Yes. So these were originally thought to be uh, Soviet missile tests because even back then the Soviets didn't really give a fuck about letting anyone else know what they were doing. Sure. And really loved military exercises and just, uh, you know. Trying to blow shit up. Yes, this is our rocket, and please <laughs> fuck you. So then, but they never found any fragments of the rockets. Uh, the rockets usually ne- left no exhaust trail, which was also weird. And some of them moved incredibly slowly, as sometimes as slow as sixty-five miles per hour. Is that a rocket? Then, great question. Uh, they Can sometimes anything fly at sixty-five miles an hour. Great question. No, <laughs> is I mean the short answer no. Well. That's not true. Like, I mean, a hot air balloon goes at like, you know, but like rocket or like a drone or something rocket propelled things usually no, do not move at 65 miles an hour. We made the shittiest rocket possible. (laughs) It's basically a minivan. The little rocket that could. (laughs) We made a flying minivan. We're trying. (laughs) We made a flying minivan. We Um, made a shitty rocket. A lot of them didn't have like wings or fins, which are also usually an important part of a rocket. It just sounds like a flying turd that's well, a slow, big slow turd in the sky. Um, some of the rockets that were seen... You're taking away literally all the rocket characteristics. No fins, no fire, it's really slow. Isn't that just a UFO at that point? Well, yeah, except we didn't have those terms yet, so they were called ghost rockets, which I think we should have stuck with, honestly. Actually, actually when you put it like that, like that, like <laughs> that, you're right. Uh, on October 10th, of 1946, the Swedish defense staff stated in a, in a public statement, quote, most observations are vague and must be treated very skeptically. However, in some cases, clear, unambiguous observations have been made that cannot be explained as natural phenomena, Swedish aircraft, or imagination on the part of the observer. Echo, radar, and other equipment registered readings but gave no clue as to the nature of the objects. So well, Swedish that's mili- creepy. the Swedish military is saying, yes, we've seen these things. Yes, we've caught them on radar. No, we don't know what they are, except that they're not our aircraft or, quote, natural phenomena. I feel like they kind of fucked that up. Like, you can't you can't just be like, yeah, I don't know, you guys. Somebody's shooting rockets over here. It's not fucking us, but they're, they're definitely happening. The Swedish military, by the end of November, had con- had confirmed 225 separate sightings that they ab- that they determined to be quote real physical objects. That's fucking far too many. In That's a, like one every other day. Well, this was in the course of a year. It's yeah, almost one a day. And and that's just the ones that are like documented sightings. Not- they they received over a thousand reports and could confirm two hundred and twenty of them, two hundred twenty five of them as being actual physical things. God damn. Yeah. And this is all happening right around, like within a three year period of the Foo Fighters sightings. We're two years removed from Foo Fighters, and one year before Roswell. all of the like U.S. UFO stuff starts. 
Fucking yeah, dude. At one point, the United States Air Force Europe uh, in, also investigated, right? That, Team oh, America. How's that work? <laughs> yeah. Uh, investigated the ghost rockets because they had a military presence and interest in, in Europe. And there was a document dated from November 4th of 1948 that was later declassified that has some wild fucking quotes in it. 1948. Okay, so this is okay. So this is like we're looking into this after this happened. They had investigated the things that were happening in '46, and then filed a report about it two years later. Okay, so they weren't still happening at the rate that they were happening in in '46 when this was happening. No, all of these document documented ghost rocket instances happened. They ended by December of 1946. I don't know when. The U.S. was investigating them, if it was while they were happening or after they had happened. But then this memo was dated November of 48, so two, okay. about two years after they had stopped occurring. So they're still just, like, sitting in rooms going, hey, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Or they're, like, they compiled data while it was happening and then took two years to sort through it or I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, this document was then 50 years later declassified, and it says, quote, for some time, we have been concerned by the recurring reports on flying saucers. They're now calling them flying saucers by 48. They can periodically pop up. During the last week, one was observed hovering over uh, Nubiberg Air Base. I don't know where that is. For about 30 minutes. They've been reported by so many sources and from such a wide variety of places that we are convinced they cannot be disregarded and must be explained on some basis, which is perhaps slightly beyond the scope of our present intelligence thinking. Yikes. When officers recently visited the Swedish Air Intelligence Service, the question was put to the Swedes. Their answer was that some reliable and fully technically qualified people have reached the conclusion that, quote, these phenomena are obviously the result of a high technical skill, which cannot be accredited to any presently, not be credited to any presently known culture on Earth. They are therefore assuming that these objects originate from some previously unknown or unidentified technology, possibly Outside of the earth. Damn. (laughs) So in 48, the U.S. Air Force is saying, we don't know what's going on, but we asked the Swedes and they said it's aliens. And honestly, we think they're right because we don't have a better answer. Yeah, we don't have a better answer. Although accepting this theory, sorry, last part of this memo, this is now from U.S. Air Force guy who's writing it. Although accepting this theory of origin of these objects poses a whole new group of questions and puts much of our thinking in a changed light, we are inclined not to discredit entirely this somewhat spectacular theory while keeping an open mind on the subject. And that's what I think is so crazy about this era of these sightings is there's so much stuff happening. It's happening all over the world at this time. And there's not the like social cultural stigma attached to it yet. Where the Air Force right, 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 of right, multiple right. different countries, military, government, scientists, individual people are saying, what the fuck is that? Can we figure it out? And no one's saying like, oh, it's nothing. They're all saying like, yeah, that's fucking weird. Let's figure it out. Right. Let's spend some money and time and effort figuring out what that is because it's obviously a real thing. It's potentially dangerous because there are a thousand rockets flying over our country that's not even involved in this war. And then when they land, they sink to the bottom of a lake and disappear. We should probably figure out what that is. And then they came to the conclusion that it was fucking aliens. <laughs> like, that's legit the end of that yes. sentence. Like, it's probably not from here, guys. Yeah. Fuck. And, and that was okay, like, just to talk about as, like, well, yeah, that seems pretty wild to us. But also, like, I think we agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's a that's a far bridge, and we don't know any other way to get there. And then within it, the next five years, that type of thinking, had, to- at least in the U.S., had totally disappeared. It's interesting, too, because at that time, these people are professionally required to indulge all of the possibilities associated with these conversations. And then at some point in the evolution of the topic, it becomes, like you said, like stigmatized. And instead of it being like, oh, you should entertain it with your job, it should be like, uh, if you're doing a professional job and you saw this, should we should we talk? Should, should you have this job? Because you're obviously crazy if you even saw this in the sky. Right. To now, like, pilots are hesitant to report anything anomalous right. because they fear 
you know, losing their, their ability to fly. Right. Or their current position, at least. Right. I, I don't know. It, it does make me think that there, it, it lends credence to the idea of like an intentional government, uh, government cover up of the, like the whole topic. Right. Or like cover up slash misinformation. Yep. Of like, we don't, we can't have people digging into this. Yeah. We can't be going around publicly saying, A, we don't know. Right. And B, it might be aliens. Like, that's not an acceptable position. So we have to do something else. Right. And both of those are bad because whether we just don't know what it is, well, that means that we can't control it and we're at risk. And the military that we spend hundreds of billions of dollars on every year can't come out and say like, yeah, we just can't protect you from this thing. And also we don't even know what it is. Right. And B, if it's aliens, that's worse because then we're all fucked. And also A still applies. We don't know what it is. We can't do anything about it, but also it's probably bad. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, by the way, like your religions were, you know, probably wrong about some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) If, if this is what we think it is. Right. Right. Um, there, uh, there's this really interesting, I don't know if, are we coming up on the end here? We are, aren't we? Yeah. Um, there's this really interesting kind of additional part of this, which is totally kind of in line with what, we were t- what you're talking about, which is the whole concept of, uh, the Robertson panel. Have you heard about this? No. So or I don't remember the name at least. The, um, the panel itself came out of, uh, the, it was a recommendation to the intelligence advisory committee in December of 52, which was made by the CIA, uh, as they reviewed the air force investigation into UFOs project blue book. Yeah. If you're familiar with the terminology, but, um, the panel itself gave basically recommendations on like, well, what the fuck was happening and what should be done about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a really interesting part of this that I kind of want to read. It's from um, it's from some memos inside of the study that came out of the panel. I think I said that right. Okay. Um, so this is from this is from a CI analyst who says, uh, It is important that there are many who believe in them and will continue to do so in spite of any official pronouncement which may be made. He's referring to these phenomena, which is looking into the UFO. They being UFOs, basically. How, uh, in spite of any professional, excuse me, in spite of any official pronouncement which may be made, this whole affair has demonstrated that there is a fair proportion of our population which is mentally conditioned to accept to acceptance of the incredible. Thus we arrive at two danger points, which in a situation of international tension seem to have national security implications. And I think what they're kind of talking about or getting towards is this idea that like, uh, whether or not it's real, it is cause for concern because Mm -hmm. people either think it's a thing and it's scary that it's a thing or uh, sorry, people think it's a unidentified extra worldly thing or they think it's some cold war weaponry, some legacy Nazi weaponry. Yeah, either way, it's pretty bad. Either way, it's pretty bad. And so they think it's a national security implication, not in the way of like we have to protect from it, but more that we have to protect people from it. Right. And you can dig more into it and maybe without we will. ever saying what it is, though. Well, right, but I think that's the concept is that it doesn't they, even matter. It doesn't matter yeah. either way. Like, this is not really good. And so to your point of like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it ain't good. It ain't good. Like, is there a national effort to discredit the entertainment of these incredible things? Just for the sake of like calm and normalcy? Right. Yeah. Like if for we sure. if we just say, ha ha, little green men. Well, dude, it's the I mean there is an active suppression of any ideas outside of the norm. Like, I mean, it's, it's the reason that psychedelics are illegal, right? Because you know, what doesn't make for like productive people going to work for somebody else and not questioning what they're doing for 10 hours a day. Right. Like 
take and take some mushrooms and you'll start questioning all of that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Start wondering about what the fucking thing up in the sky that millions of people have seen that nobody ever wants to talk about is. Right, right. And see how productive you are at work the next day. Like, that, the, the, those two things are just, like, not compatible, and especially in the United States. Right. And especially in the 50s and 60s. Right. And there's just, like, it makes sense to categorize it as all this shit over here is just bad for business. Yes. Doesn't matter what it is, but we don't we don't want people thinking about it. We're gonna say that it's demons. We're gonna say it's the Russians, but whatever. We don't want people spending time on it. We're gonna make it illegal. You're just yeah. Go to work. Go to make dinner. Buy look, stuff. Buy look, a Chevy. Look down, not up, you idiots. Yeah, right. Yeah. It just it all. I don't know the the way that other things have been regulated or suppressed or ridiculed. Like it just seems to fit into that model. And especially at the time, it makes sense. Like, I don't know. It's just it's this weird shift from we we don't know and we genu- genuinely want to find out and we're going to put a bunch of time and money and effort into finding out. You're right. And then a sudden flip to like, no, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Right. And is that because we couldn't figure it out and we don't want people spending time and worrying about it and trying to figure it out? Right. Or is it because we did figure it out and we don't want you to know about it? Right. Whatever it may be. Right. Well, and and maybe is there a third one where it's like, or I guess it's it's a it's a byproduct of the first one, but like we didn't figure out what it was, but hasn't done anything bad yet. Or at least well, we don't depends on who you ask. Well, right. But I mean like, you know, you see that many you see that many ghost rockets over your country and they're right. not like blowing up buildings and shit, you know? It's like, well, but then I guess we're okay. By the Carry si- on. By the sixties, they started taking people. It's true. Yeah, it's I guess true. in the forties when they weren't abducting anybody or you know, beaming thoughts into your head, it was it was fine. Like I guess I guess you can ignore that because right paying attention to it isn't getting us anywhere. And so look down, not up <laughs> again. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. All right. Um, I think that's our time. That's a wild one. Uh, Yo, I think just really quickly before we go, uh, we really have to thank everybody listening right now for a hundred episodes of the show, man. I can't, uh, I can't say enough how fun it's been to fucking get to know all y'all and to fucking voicemail and email and social with y'all and uh, make a show that apparently makes y'all laugh and get through your days and your drives and your gyms and shit better. So thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for sharing. Thank y'all for reviewing. Thank y'all for coming to live shows. Thank y'all for supporting on the Patreon. Uh, fucking means the world to us. Love you guys. Love you guys. See you next week. Listen, you wee bastards. Life's too short to be messing around. You need to live your life. Enjoy your time here on planet Earth.